Hi, I'm Kumo. And I'm Natasha. Welcome to Izulami, the podcast, a platform that is passionate about Africa and telling African stories. Join us as we unpack all things African, ranging from business, culture, love, politics, and more. Our goal is to create inclusive and valuable archives of information for curious Africans. Hello. So today we are joined by Usenze Luamtembu, who is a social researcher and a travel and lifestyle content creator based in Johannesburg. She's also a digital storyteller using various platforms to tell interesting and inspiring stories. She and her sister started a travel company which focused on building a community of Africans and global citizens who travel the African continent. Welcome, Senzi. Thank you for joining us today. So maybe we should start by you just taking us through your journey, who you are, where you come from, what are your passions, what is your body of work? Okay, so as you have um, beautifully introduced me, um, I, I usually, you know, tell people my profession. So I work um, full time as a social researcher, um, but I do a bunch of other things that I'm really passionate about. Um, and so I enjoy traveling. I enjoy um, documenting my experiences, um, sharing those with uh, people and my audiences on social media platforms. Um, I also have taken up photography as a hobby. And um, I think it's also a beautiful way to, to creatively, you know, and in a, in a way that's aesthetically pleasing, document my travel experiences um, and, you know, inspire people to, to take an interest in what I'm doing and for them to also kind of want that for themselves. Um, so I grew up in Johannesburg, uh, but I was born in KwaZulu-Natal. Um, mm. And so my family and I, we call rural KZN home. And I think that contrast of sort of coming from and always returning to rural KZN but growing up in this vibrant, energetic city and, you know, seeing the contrast between those two, um, you know, different lifestyles, different scenery, um, different energies. I think that's also where my, my interest in exploring and traveling and interacting with, you know, people in different communities and setups um, started from. Um, so we've always, as, as a family traveled, um, you know, like we would take an annual family trip around different provinces in South Africa. So, you know, seeing the, the change of scenery, um, you know, the different, uh, things and experiences that the different provinces have to offer that also kind of got me very curious about, okay, beyond South African borders, what is there? Um, and, and what kind of different cultures, different experiences can I witness? Um, and so, yeah, that's in one way how the travel bug kind of bit me. But even in terms of like the kind of television content that I would consume, um, shows like Survivor, shows like Amazing Race, 
um, going nowhere slowly. I was just always National Geographic. I've always just been interested in the world. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much me. That sounds like you just don't have a lot of time and you use your time so wisely. I'm, I'm so inspired. So since just a question though, I think for <laughs> me and potentially the audience, what does a social researcher actually do before we get into the travel elements, right? And is there a connection between being a social researcher and then the traveling? Mm. Mm. That's a very interesting question. Um, I often say to people I, that I think my profession has in some ways informed the way that I travel. Um, so, so as a social researcher, I work for a, a research center. It's called the Center for Social Development in Africa. Um, and so what we do, well, some of what we do is we work with government, with civil society organizations, um, like NGOs, faith-based organizations. Um, sometimes we work with corporates as well. And what we do is we we investigate and we try to see whether um, social interventions are working, whether they're impactful. So, for example, um, if there are a number of youth employability programs, so programs that are intended to get young people into jobs or young people upskilled so that they become more employable, we want to test and evaluate whether those uh, interventions are successful um, and, and how they can be improved. So we collect firsthand data, evidence, we speak to people, we go out into communities and we interview people. Um, we find out what their challenges are. We find out, you know, a bunch of um, demographic information about them, about their context and environment, um, and then their experiences of going through such programs. Um, yeah, so so I think that investigative, that sort of curiosity for for how people are doing, how people's lives can be improved, um, is something that I have kind of taken on. So when I travel, I'm always interested in having a local experience. I'm always interested in having conversations with ordinary people, people who are just like me. Um, I'm always trying to figure out, you know, what are their passions? What are their interests? What are the current challenges that they experience in their cities, in their countries? Um, and then in terms of the development element is, so my sister and I have a travel company and we curate travel experiences on the African continent. And when we do this, we're always mindful of the tour operators that we use. We're always mindful of um, basically where our money is going to and how traveling in those particular countries um, can help economies and can help local economies. So being very mindful about where we shop, where we eat, um, who we spend our time with, you know, the fact that we're not just going into a new country and taking um, and or, or just like wanting to be Instagrammable or show off that we've been here and here and here, but that we're immersing ourselves in a culture, uh, we're having conversations with people um, and we're spending money 
in local communities. Um, and so that's how the, the social development element kind of fits into how I travel. Yeah, I hope that's that's clear. <laughs> sure. That's beautiful. I really, really love the the value chain aspect of it that you guys are intentional about where you're spending your money. Mm, mm. It is. It's very clear. Because mm. um, I was going to find ask where does your interest for traveling and storytelling come from? But I think from that overview, it's quite clear where it comes from. Um, but mm. I think what I want to understand is um, the 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 traveling in itself is it is it a, is it a message so does the company lived experience that you've started with your sister is it to encourage people to travel more is it the just a holistic mm-hmm. idea of people being able to explore the african continent through you um, and able mm-hmm. to see just you know the breaking misconceptions that we have um or is it just a, um, we really just want to encourage people to travel more? Or it could collectively mm. be everything. Yeah, yeah. I think, so lived experience travel is still quite new. Um, in 2020, it would have been our second year of curating and hosting um, group trips. So it's still quite new. And I think the concept will continuously evolve and develop. Um, But what we wanted to do was create community around traveling the African continent. So, you know, by, by sharing our experiences, firstly, of, of traveling the continent, we wanted to encourage and inspire other people to do so as well. Um, We also, I think one of our missions as well is to, you know, document black people traveling the continent. I think we sleep on ourselves. So I think there's a number of reasons why we don't travel the continent, but I think other people, uh, Europeans, for example, have been, um, you know, traveling different parts of the African continent. They continuously do so. They escape their bad weather and, you know, come to the continent to to experience the warm weather, to experience cultures, food, music, a bunch of things that I think we sometimes take for granted. Um, I think also being a South African, we, and I've, I've been guilty of this myself, are quite removed from um, and, and are not in touch with and are not connected with the rest of the continent. Um, and I think one of the aims is to, like, in some ways, build or, or create the sense of unity amongst Africans. Mm-hmm. And I think the best way to do that is not just to read about other other African countries or to learn about history, but to experience contemporary Africa, like to just connect with your fellow Africans. Um, so yes, it's, it's encouraging people, it's empowering people to travel by, by helping cut out the research and all the admin that goes into planning a trip. Um, so we want to make it easier for people to travel. Um, we want to encourage people to travel by showing them that we're doing it ourselves, 
that listen you can go to kenya for this amount um it is doable for example and then that that element of connecting people connecting cultures um and also representation so i think one of the benefits of documenting our experiences is showing people that we have been traveling as black people we we do travel we are able to save up and travel um and i think in mainstream media and in the travel industry as a whole there has been a bit of misrepresentation so so what we're trying to do also is to tell a fuller narrative of who we are as africans what we do as africans um and and there are some gaps in that when you look at some mainstream media you don't see black people represented in the way that we that i think they should be um and so yeah that's some of just some of the goals and aims and objectives and why we do what we do i absolutely love the whole pan africanist approach that you have to the entire brand experience i think it's so awesome and i honestly believe that i think the the there are definitely gaps in the way that especially young africans are uh, made mm. knowledgeable you know around what africa mm. is all about and the holistic experience but it must be said though since that it is expensive to travel in africa as much mm. as i want to go to rwanda and i want to go you know to egypt or whatever the the flight mm. ticket itself is ridiculous mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> right and yes. that becomes such a barrier so how do you and you know lived um and the lived experience how do you bridge that for us <laughs> you know or, or should i already come moneyed and you know yeah. <laughs> be like here's twenty thousand. tell me what i can do with it or can i come with you know two thousand and we have a conversation and yeah you, know, you educate me <laughs> <laughs> and how to get to 20 i don't know yeah come with yeah. the bag prepare the bag yeah yeah i hear you i hear you and it is a barrier there there's a number of barriers right like firstly there's like mental blocks and barriers and misconceptions and things that we've been told about traveling in africa that makes us maybe like hesitant to do it um there's also this this idea that going further is more valuable so if i am to spend 5000 rand on a plane ticket i better be going to europe i better be going far leaving my continent and that really counts as doing something epic mm -hmm. you know people also feel like if i'm just going next door and i'm paying this amount there's no real like why am i doing it there's no value i think another kind of barrier is is us as africans you know how you know in in america we're always telling americans and people outside of the continent that africa is not a country um there's so much diversity but i think we also are guilty of not being imaginative and not seeing what unique experiences we can have in other african countries um so i think for, before even the money things come into play there's a lot of mental and like 
perceptions that we have about traveling in the continent that dissuades us from doing it. But you are right. There are definite money issues and travel, um, like travel cost issues and passport issues and visa issues and all of that. It's very sad that on on this continent, we can't move around freely as you can in, in Europe, you know? Yeah. In Europe, when you're going to another country, it's almost like you're going to another province. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the reasons for that are. I know that one of the issues is the is the like the flight routes, um, and I think it's a demand supply issue as well. Is we as Africans are not traveling internally, so within the continent enough for the routes to be sort of more more popular more consistent and therefore cheaper so that's why it's easier for europeans to come here for us to go to europe because that travel route is one that's been quite established is quite popular um but i will also say that if the will is there if you want to do it there are ways um i know people who have backpacked (laughs) Yeah. I know people who have saved up money and then traveled the whole continent, black women even who have done this. Um I know also that like I'll give you an example, a return flight to Kenya can cost you between 4 and 5000 rand on a good day. And if you think of some of the domestic flights in South Africa, say to the Eastern Cape, that can sometimes be around 3, 4K on a bad day. So if you think of going to the, yeah. flying to the Eastern Cape for around 4,000 versus flying to Kenya for 5,000, it's not that much. So I think it also depends on like, are you willing to travel um, off season, you know, during um, off peak times? Um and and are you willing to make that investment in in yeah. connecting with the African continent by traveling? You can do overland travel. You can do take a long distance bus to Malawi. Like there's all these different ways. I just think we want convenience. And yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I agree with you though that that mm. the the. The expense is an issue. Yeah. Thank you for dragging us because it's true. I mean, now, I mean, I was about to say thank you for, honestly, because we really have to get over that perception that we also think Africa is a country because why does it seem more logical for you to spend that much money on a flight to Europe? And I've never really thought of that perspective, but you don't want to spend that much money to take a flight mm. to Ghana, for example. So, I mean, geez, that, that just blew my mind. Because we want to do it for the Instagram vibes, mm. and it's such a sad reality, <laughs> to be honest. It is such a sad reality. Yes. But hopefully, you know, when we start to That's really explore yeah. the yeah. whole Africa free trade agreement yeah. and the whole travel restrictions, potentially... You know, that would ease mm. up a lot of the root issues. Mm. Potentially that would Yeah, no, for sure. Because you're definitely right. It's a it's a demand and supply thing, right? If we don't create sure. that demand, then it will always be expensive. Mm. 
so yeah so hopefully we'll get that resolved there so since what has been mm. the most interesting highlight of your travel experience since you started traveling uh wow um <laughs> okay okay um Wow, it's a difficult question because I really have enjoyed each and every one of my travel experiences, um, those on the continent and those um, outside of the continent. Honestly, so my first, my first trip. Okay, so I I went to the U.S. with with family, but I will I won't count that because I was still young. But my first, like, okay, now we're traveling, we're investing in travel was a trip to Bali and just culturally it was it was so interesting um but every trip since then has been equally amazing um one of my favorite destinations is Kenya I just feel at home there um it's just absolutely beautiful and I remember that being the trip actually when I came back from the Kenya trip I said to my sister um we need we need to we need more people to experience this country we need more people from south africa to visit kenya and that's really what sparked this whole group trips idea um because i just i was so blown away by kenya by how friendly people were um by how inexpensive you know daily experiences could be like eating local um taking local transport, um, how beautiful the coast was. Um, there's a there's a destination that I'm always talking about called Lamu Island. Um, it's it's one of the best preserved and oldest Swahili settlements. So they they still stay true to in terms of culture, architecture, all these things to the to the original Swahili culture. The one with the white buildings and, and the white it sand. It just feels it's so it's such a unique destination. I struggle to even explain in words. Yes. Yes. And the sand dunes and donkeys and the only mode of transport are donkeys and dow boats. It's just I yeah, I don't I just want so many people to experience it. And I'm still figuring out how I can make that possible. Um, but I took a recent trip to Senegal and, um, the reason I took the trip, it was a solo trip. I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to go somewhere. I wanted to step outside of my comfort zone. I wanted to visit a country that I would be challenged in. And the reason I would be challenged is because, um, Senegal is, is, was colonized by the French. So, most people speak French more than they speak English. So I knew mm. there was going to be a language barrier. I had never been to West Africa and I felt that West Africa was quite different um, in its energy, you know, language wise, food wise, culturally, all these different things. Um, it's predominantly Muslim as well. So there were all these different ways that I was going to be challenged. Um, and just having to navigate on my own this new country where English is not spoken widely. Um, but it was absolutely beautiful. People were so friendly. 
I think there's a lot of fears as well, traveling on the continent, like fears around safety, um, you know, and to some extent they're valid fears, but I don't think they're unique to the African continent. Like everywhere you go, you need to be careful. Um, but one thing that surprised me is how friendly and how willing people are to go the extra mile to make you feel welcome. Um, there was beautiful scenery in Senegal. I I did a, a music lesson, so I learned how to play the kora, which is my favorite instrument. Um, I ate the local food. I I just I just had a really good time. I even attended a wedding, a Senegalese wedding. So that's how open people were to receiving me and making me feel welcome. And I recommend it. I recommend all these places that I've been to. Um And how did you navigate yeah, the language so, barrier? So before traveling to Senegal, I I tried to learn a few Thank you for making it this far in the episode. Unfortunately, we realized during post-production that the rest of the content did not save on our platform. A big thank you to our guest for affording us the opportunity and her time to have such a wonderful conversation about traveling. Please follow Senzilwe and the lived experience travel on social media. Join us next time as we continue to have more insightful conversations with young Africans.